Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. You're listening to episode 109 of the Birth Worker Podcast. Welcome back. Today we have a guest interview, and I'm super excited to introduce who that guest is because she is actually a student of mine. Her name is Hannah Gill, and she has been a student of mine for about a year and a half now, which is crazy. Time freaking flies. Hannah is a VBAC expert, and she is on the podcast today to talk about ways that us as doulas can help our clients prepare for VBACs and really avoid a secondary unnecessary cesarean. And so she's going to share a couple real tangible tips that are beyond the mainstream, I would say. So super excited for her to share her tips with you guys. Stay tuned to the end because Hannah is actually doing a free workshop coming up soon and I will share all of the links to that free workshop and you better believe I will be there too. So before we get into all of those details, here is Hannah and we're going to be talking about VBACs. So my name is Hannah Gill. I am a doula and childbirth educator, and I specifically focus on VBAC support primarily because my birth experiences and what I went through personally. So my first birth, I went into it just how the norm um, does. And I went to an OBGYN at a hospital. I had never heard of a doula at that point or a birth center. I just thought people either gave birth at home or at a hospital. And I took a general hospital birth class and wanted to go unmedicated and did nothing else besides that to prepare. Uh, so I just, I really thought that I was going to walk into birth and everything was just going to be chill <laughs> um, because everyone around me had done the same thing. I was the first one in my friend group to have a baby. So I didn't really have anyone besides my mom to get input from. And I went into that birth and got all the things uh, I had planned to go unmedicated and got an epidural right away. As soon as I went to the hospital, um, I went to the hospital as soon as my contractions started and then just kind of took a nap until I started pushing. And it was just me, my husband and an LND nurse. And our LND nurse was not extremely helpful. Uh, looking back now, I wish I would have obviously had a doula. Um or known my options for that birth. But after pushing for four hours, I ended up opting for a C-section. So um, we found out later that my son was asynclitic. So he was in a wonky position and I didn't know any way to uh, help that. I didn't know that I could push in different positions and move with an epidural as well. And my C-section was really traumatic for me, um, primarily because I didn't have it on my radar that a C-section was an option or that it would happen. I thought it was just in emergencies. I didn't think that, oh, just pushing for a long time would opt for a C-section. So I, I don't have to get into the the details of all the, all the trauma surrounding it, but I did have some issues postpartum with like postpartum depression, PTSD, postpartum anxiety that were all tied to my birth experience. And I didn't realize that until about six months postpartum when I just, there were things happening. And I just thought, you know, there's something really wrong. I need to get some help with this. And 
it was funny. Well, not really funny, but it was kind of funny. Like five weeks postpartum and I was already researching, like, if I have another kid, this can't happen again. Like, what does this mean for me? And I just thought I had never heard of the term VBAC. I just thought, well, people just go on to have like a regular birth after this, right? Like, of course. Um, But then once I started researching, I realized like, oh, this is a big deal. There's a lot of pushback against this. This is going to be like work that I have to do. So before I was even pregnant again, I just started researching how to avoid that happening again to me. Um, so I've spent the next year and a half ish, uh, just researching, like went down a rabbit hole of all things, Instagram podcasts and YouTube, um, (laughs) to figure out what I needed to do. And, uh, I knew 100% that I wanted to be back for my next pregnancy. And I interviewed doulas before I was even pregnant. I looked at my birth location options and just kind of went from there on figuring out what I needed to do to have a VBAC. Oh my gosh, that is, I love how you were like, I need to start now because I wish everybody thought that. Like, I wish everybody before they even had a traumatic birth thought, okay, I'm not even pregnant yet, but let me like start researching everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish. Okay, well, tell me when you started looking up all this stuff at five weeks postpartum, what were some of the things that jumped out to you? Like, what did you find? Like, what did you have to do to go get that V back? Yeah. So for me, Personally, so I live in the state of Indiana, and so I was looking at my birth location options. In Indiana, it's illegal to have a VBAC in a freestanding birth center. So that I knew that wasn't going to be an option for me because that's the first thing I looked into. It was like, oh, I can just be at a birth center this time. Because um, I had, had didn't know anyone that had a home birth before. So I just thought, well, that's weird. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> um, but then once I started researching, I thought, okay, well, birth center's not an option. So let's look into home birth. And I had talked to some midwives in the area and there were either they didn't service my area because they were too far away or they wouldn't take a primary VBAC. So the first vaginal birth, if you had had a vaginal birth before your C-section, they would take you. But if it was your first one, they would not. But the closest midwife I found was like two and a half hours away. And I was just like, "Eh, I don't really like want to drive that far, Um, mainly just because like the stress of driving that far for all my appointments. I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to mess with that. Uh, so I interviewed some hospital midwives and some other OBs. And ultimately I decided to stay with the OB who did my C-section, which many people will say like, don't do that <laughs> um, at the hospital I gave birth at before. And my OB, she's she's like a freaking unicorn and it's unfortunate she's no longer at that hospital. Um, but she, when I brought up be back to her she was like well yeah like that's fine (laughs) like there's no issues with that and she did like all she could to like avoid that c-section in the first place like the first time around so i had complete faith and trust in her to support me and she didn't have any like stipulations like oh you have to be induced by 40 weeks or you have to have an epidural for your v-back just in case you have to have a c-section so she was very on board with like whatever you want is what you're gonna have Um, which I know is not the case for the majority of women. So I did decide to do that, um, stayed with my OB and I looked into doulas. I looked into what I would need to do to go unmedicated because I knew this time around, like I wanted to go unmedicated the first time, but I did nothing to to prepare for that. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to walk in and do it. Um, But this time around, I 
I looked into my options for like how to really prepare for that mentally because I knew the the mental preparation was going to be 100 times more important for me than the physical prep um, because your mind gives up way before your body will. So I looked into like hypnobirthing and, and all of that. And my doula was, uh, she's been a doula for 20 plus years and she's very skilled and um, VBAC. She's attended over like a hundred VBACs, I think. Um, and then just really that mental prep. So I listened to like all the podcasts, um, read all the research articles. And, and for me, really the biggest thing was I never th- even planned or thought about a repeat C-section. That was never like an option for me. I never thought, well, like, oh, do I want a VBAC or do I want to just schedule this repeat? I just knew I was going to have a VBAC and um, I never like questioned it. I did make a birth plan for a C-section because I wanted to know my options if that were to happen, but I never like thought, oh, I'm just going to schedule a repeat C-section. But then like all the, the, things I didn't want to happen during my pregnancy did happen. Um, but I ultimately got my V back in the end, regardless of those. And I don't know how much detail you want me to go in on all the things that happened. I love how you prepped and I love how you just didn't even give yourself an option to like question your desires. Like you mm-hmm. knew your why, essentially you did, you did the internal work to like understand your why and your reasoning. And I think that's huge. I, One of my biases is I think if you're kind of like wishy-washy about a natural birth or wishy-washy about a home birth, that like the first thing that pops up that suggests that maybe you should go to the hospital or maybe the epidural is here, you'll take it like right away if you're wishy-washy. That's kind of like one of my beliefs. So uh, I love love that you, you know, weren't wishy-washy from the (laughs) get-go. Something else I want to mention is that I remember being like a brand new doula. And thinking that, like, first of all, I had, like, no clue how to support feedback. I had no clue. I became a doula before I had my daughter even. So I just had no clue about a lot of things. Um, But I remember thinking, like, okay, to support a VBAC, you probably have to do a bunch of things differently, like, tangibly and physically. And I remember just thinking, like, there's probably, like, more complications and you probably have to, like, do different things in pregnancy and yada, yada, yada. And it's actually funny because over the years I've realized that, like, a lot of the stuff that makes a VBAC different is actually internal, Um, what was kind of your transition to start saying, actually, I think I want to teach like other doulas these things so other doulas can, can support their clients to have a VBAC. And when I say support their clients, it is very different than a regular first time vaginal birth. Um, but not really for the reasons that a lot of new doulas think. So go ahead and tell me what that transition looked like. Yeah. So for me, I realized that first of all, like VBAC support like how we support VBACs and how we prepare for VBACs should be how everyone is preparing for birth and not just VBAC clients and not just um, women wanting VBACs. So I believe that, I mean, ultimately the goal of a VBAC is to prevent a cesarean. So if you're supporting all of your clients that way, then you should be able to prevent, your your client should be able to like um, avoid the unnecessary cesarean. But the top things to really do are, to help your clients work through their fears. And I, I know this is the case with not even VBAC clients, but all clients, but even more so with VBACs because there's fears surrounding, okay, what if something does go wrong? That that huge thing about like, oh, uterine rupture that everyone like blows, blows up into this um, big thing that isn't necessarily, doesn't have to be a big thing. 
And then also the fear of, okay, what if my body fails me again? Because so many women think, oh, I had a C-section, my body can't birth. It doesn't know what it's doing. Um, so working through those fears, because if you don't work through those fears with your clients, they are more likely to come up in the middle of labor and birth when it's happening. So personally, for my example, I pushed for four hours before my C-section. So I knew, and my doula knew during pushing, like that's going to be your struggle there, like the mental struggle of like getting over that, that process and having to work through that. So preparing for that ahead of time before you're actually in labor, your client's actually in labor is where the importance is. And then also helping clients figure out a plan and what they want for both of you back in a C-section. And I know that people think, oh, if you make a birth plan for a C-section, you're like manifesting that to happen. But for me, the big trauma with my first was I had never thought about a C-section. I didn't know what my options were to make it a better experience. So I just felt like, honestly, like someone had punched me in the face when someone said, okay, it's time for a C-section. So just knowing what to do and how, because as doulas, um, some ORs and some hospitals will let you back during a C-section. So knowing what to do for your clients to make that a better experience for them is such an important thing if you're able to be able to be back in the OR. And then helping your clients, and this is the hard, this is the hardest part, but helping your clients find the power within themselves to really own their birth, practice their autonomy instead of like handing over those decisions to someone else. Because I feel like a lot of times as doulas, um, clients expect us to like kind of make the decisions for them or like tell them, oh, here's what I would do. But really, they need to look inside themselves and find their why, like you said, and their motivation. Because if they don't have a strong why and a strong motivation, then then if they're wishy-washy, they're more likely to to not really follow through with what they're wanting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of that goes back to that, like, fear of their past birth, right? Because maybe in the past birth, it's, you know, they listened to the OB who said we have to do a cesarean right now. And in the end, everyone was quote unquote fine. And so they have this like in their brain, they have, well, the doctor did say this and everyone was alive. And what if I wouldn't have been if we didn't? And Mm -hmm. it just like spirals out of control for sure. And I know I, I can't relate to like VBAC at all, but in a I can relate to the fear part with my ectopic pregnancy, just even the fear of like, well, what if I get pregnant again? And what if this happens again? And what if, you know, what if I bleed out? What if I die? All of like the horrible spiraling things. And so I even know, I, I like, I love that you say to prepare for a VBAC. It's like, that's really how we should be preparing all of our clients because it is so freaking true. It's like, it's it's really great birth prep, but the emphasis on the internal stuff, the fears, the power, the ownership, the the why. Um, oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> I um I wanted to mention something, and I remember supporting some of my first feedbacks, and I remember the doctors and the nurses almost like looking at the fetal monitors like way more than the mom, and almost like ignoring the mom and just looking at the fetal monitors. And I remember I had like no clue like what to do, what to say. I actually honestly like didn't even know the risks very much. And it was very much a like just trust what the doctor says scenario. And anyone here who's already attended birth and is a doula and has attended, you know, cesareans, they know that like you can't just even as like doulas, you can't like blindly just follow and trust like what the doctor says. 
And, you know, it was interesting that it was kind of a slap in the face as a new doula, like, oh, crap, like I actually need to go get some like extra uh, training on this because I did a three day in-person training where it's like one day is spent on business and one day is spent on pregnancy and one day is spent on postpartum. So like the day you get on pregnancy, it's like pregnancy and birth. And it's like two hours of each of those things. And there's like no way that you'll actually take anything from that and go be able to support clients. So yeah, I just remember like a slap in the face of like, oh crap, like if I really want to help people avoid a cesarean, I better go like figure out how to actually do that and like learn the tangible things. Yeah. And the one thing that people don't realize is as much we don't as much as we don't want it to be true, VBAC clients are treated differently than than a, a first vaginal birth or a 10th vaginal birth. They are going to be treated differently. They are going to have rules and stipulations and, and fear put on them by their providers. And so you can't, they're unique births, unfortunately. And I mean, it's good and bad, but you have to treat them and support them in a unique way. Also love that you mentioned your state's regulations because that is huge, different for every state, different for every country. And it's it's something that I hate to say this, but a lot of times it will influence like the decision of like where to give birth and who to hire, just like it did for you. Mm-hmm. And lucky for you, like it totally worked out. But for some people, like it's going to be a really hard decision it, and you might actually feel really alone in that decision. So what like if you're a mom listening to this or a brand new doula who's pregnant, uh, finding a doula to support you and be in your corner is going to be a huge, huge thing, especially a doula who has, you know, VBAC training. And because that doula, I'm guessing, and I actually just know, knows which providers to go to, knows which providers to avoid and things like that. And those are things that as a new mom or as a new doula, you probably just haven't learned yet. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And and one of the things that I feel is so important is that doulas should have confidence in supporting feedbacks, even if they haven't had a C-section or feedback themselves. So that's not like a prerequisite to supporting a VBAC client confidently and appropriately. You don't have to have had to have gone through that to offer support for them. You know how, so I know that like new doulas say, well, I haven't had a kid. So like, I don't feel like I can be a good doula. Do you find the same when you're teaching VBAC support to doulas that sometimes they feel like they're not worthy because they haven't had a VBAC? Yeah. Like they're not going to be enough for their clients or they're going to be hesitant or, or like, why would a client want to hire me when I've never had this experience before? But that doesn't have to be the case at all. So my doula that I had for my VBAC had, she didn't have a C-section or VBAC. She had um, all vaginal births without major complications. She didn't have birth trauma, um, but she had education, a lot of education on VBAC and had supported them before. And she had learned over time how to do that. And I even want new doulas to be confident in this because I mean, all clients, regardless of if they're, uh, or all doulas, regardless of if they're VBAC trained or not, should have this confidence. And I even knowing that when you had your first and you were looking into it, you like had never heard the term VBAC. Mm-hmm. You thought like home birth was like totally weird. Like you were part of this like mainstream of just like you hadn't learned about these like really small like niche groups of people. Um, and that's interesting. And that that goes to show just like how we need more doulas and we need more doulas to be talking about this. So hopefully new moms like stumble across it on social media or, you know, hear about it like at the mom group or, you know, the pregnancy circle. Um, because it's funny, like it wasn't that long ago. How old is your youngest? My youngest is 19 months. And 
and I don't know if you know this stat or not, but the VBAC rate, so the amount of women that have had a C-section that actually go on to like choose to have a VBAC is around 13 to 14%. But 80 to 90% of women that have C-sections are good candidates for VBAC. So like, why is there such a gap there? Like, in, there needs to be more awareness and education around VBAC across the board so women know it's an option. And do you think if women are just going sh- straight back to like the typical OB that they saw before, it's almost like they're being convinced to have a repeat cesarean before they even learn about what a VBAC is or VBAC options or VBAC success, quote unquote, success rate? Yes, I think so. And and my situation was very unique. So uh, most of the time, like women are not going to go back to the same OB that did their C-section because there could have been some issues there with their support. Um, but looking at your options, so don't just go straight back to your same OB and having a doula there that is educated on that and knows, okay, this OB or this midwife or whoever is not going to be the most feedback supportive option for you. So doing your research. And if you do still feel called to be with that OB, okay, that's great. I was in that same situation, but no, you may have to advocate for yourself more and they may not be as supportive as some other providers would be. I feel like if anyone here is on the fence of doing any in-person workshops, I feel like doing a feedback workshop would be a killer idea mm-hmm. uh, after learning that only 13%, you know, roughly are are even trying for another feedback. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Are you, um, tell me like what's in the works. Tell me what you're creating. Tell me about this workshop that I heard that you have coming up. Tell me about like your vision of where you want to go with this. Yeah. So I'm having a workshop. I'm doing a workshop called V or uh, called three mistakes to avoid when supporting your VBAC clients. And I think it's so important to know, not just for new doulas, but all doulas that you may be making these mistakes and they're probably not what you think they would be. Um, So I have that coming up and that's going to be starting on January 15th. That's going to be my first one. January 17th is my second and January 24th is my third. So three options to attend this workshop to learn what mistakes these are and if you're making them or not. (laughs) I love it. I wish I, I wish I had taken that for sure when I first started. Um, I love it. So three mistakes to avoid when supporting your VBAC clients. Um, and this is going to be for brand new doulas, people who are even like just thinking about getting into birth work. This is definitely something that you should come to. And then of course, people who have been doulas for years should also not avoid this. I almost thought about it. Like if you look back at 2023 and if you just look at your stats and if you think like, oof, man, that's like a lot of repeat cesareans or oof, that's a lot of like planned VBACs that ended up in another cesarean. And if it makes your stomach just go like, oh, like I wish that didn't happen, then you have to come to this webinar. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's going to be birthworker.com slash VBAC. Um, So you can either just go to the link or click the link in the show notes, but super excited. It's going to be next Monday. The 15th is the first one, but like Hannah said, you'll find three dates that you can sign up for, but I'm so excited. Um, And tell us where we can find you. Tell us maybe about your podcast or Instagram. Yeah. So my podcast is called the Ebb and Flow Birth Show, and uh, it focuses on concepts all the way from conception through motherhood uh, with a VBAC emphasis, of course. Um, and then my Instagram is at Ebb and Flow Birth Co. And you can find me over there as well. 
Amazing. And I'll put the links to those in the in the show notes too. Well, thank you so much for being here, Hannah. Super excited to be on your uh, at your class at your workshop on Monday. I will be there too with everybody else to learn. Super excited to learn because I mean, I feel like no matter how many births I attend, uh, I always look back and just think that I can always do better as a doula. I can always learn more. I've never learned enough. I can always support better. So very excited to learn from you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hey, if you want to join me at Hannah's upcoming workshops for doulas, the link is birthworker.com slash VBAC. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes. She's doing three classes, like she said, three different dates and times over the next couple of weeks. Super excited to be there and see you there. I think this is going to be one for the books. So birthworker.com slash VBAC. You can also click the link in the show notes. We also have links to Hannah's website and Hannah's podcast in the show notes. So definitely check all of those out. And I will see you guys back here on Friday for an amazing 3 and 15 episode. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week.